The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. Uh, me. Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, I made a commitment to the listeners and to Ty that I was going to start focusing on clean podcasts uh, and limiting my profanity. That starts next week, so if you can't stomach that, skip ahead about 30 seconds. Holy fucking shit. Craig Council is the new manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, five years. 40 million, so an $8 million a year annual average salary, uh, setting the market for managers in baseball. We didn't see this coming. There are a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, a lot of takes, and we're here to share it with you. Uh, before we get into that, I'll ask you how you're doing when I know the answer is shell shocked. I'm like, I'm fired up. I, not just in a like, a, there's a legitimate energy that comes with this. This is obviously bad news. It's not what we wanted as the outcome here. There is some intrigue, some excitement about, God, what's going to happen? What's going to change? But it's just the actual nature of the news is like, it's like pulsing through my veins, Andrew. It's, it is wild. I said, I've said it to you multiple times privately. I'll say it again. I didn't know Craig Council had these stones. First and foremost, we'll count a whole lot of it to make this decision to swap Milwaukee 
your home state franchise and go in the vision to the bitter enemy, to the franchise whose fans do their best to invade Amfam every year, multiple times a year. Wild. Wild. You're talking about someone who had just like one of the most unimpeachable legacies with the franchise ever. I will not say that is tarnished. Well, it is tarnished. I will not say it's gone because I do think like in the full scope of time, eventually Craig Council's tenure with the Brewer gets to be like measured as Craig Council's tenure with the Brewers again, not the fact that it was followed by his tenure with the Cubs. But my God, what a way to just destroy the goodwill that honestly, I still think he would have had basically going anywhere else except the Cardinals. <laughs> like there was two places that he could not go where Brewers fans are just like, not instinctively going to be like, damn, that sucks. But Hey, Craig's our guy. We love Craig. He's done so much for it. This is great, you know, for him to maybe buy into some of the, we'll talk about the spin, the agendas that are being put forward as Craig council, you know, baseball's great labor leader but you go to the cubs or you go to the cardinals that just doesn't fly and i mean it can't be expected to fly it's as much a part of the story as anything else there's plenty to reflect on for the brewers here the brewers obviously are not an innocent party um turns out you know i guess chickens do come home to roost andrew that's that's like guess part of what what tells here but i can't believe he did this I, that's like first and foremost as a guy who it sounds like given the statement his agent released he is still going to live in milwaukee what a what a wild wild man i mean he is he is something else um like you said there are a lot of people uh responsible both in an active sense and an inactive sense for this getting to this point Brewers ownership in front office obviously fucked around and found out to a degree, you know, maybe last summer if they offer him an extension that makes him uh, the highest paid uh, manager in baseball, then we're not having this conversation. Um, even, obviously going- even Andrew last week when they still controlled his destiny that he, you know, they were allowing teams to talk to him. He was under contract. And I think probably some complacency of, Oh, we're dealing, you know, it's good fate all around here. The Guardians want him. The Mets want him. And I'm like, God, it's, it's David over there. We know how David's going to carry business. And it's and it's like quite explicitly the reporting now is like, yeah, the Cubs are like, yeah, there's no way we're approaching the Brewers before he's out of contract. If he gets out of contract, we're jumping on this. And just maybe that level of complacency or naivety even of, you know what? Everything's in front of us. Everyone's playing. This is a good, clean sport here, you know? Um, no way that our greatest rival is going to come and try to undercut us. Sorry, I interrupted you. But I last week, I think, also applies as much as they could have probably quite easily have done an extension last year if they were really serious about it. Yeah, the, the dragging their feet, I guess, last season is just what keeps sticking in my mind as well because it got him to the point where he was questioning what his future was going to mm-hmm. be like. And it's like the opposite of a lame duck year as a manager, because everybody knew that the Brewers would have council back immediately. Um, and clearly they just weren't offering 
money in the realm of the Cubs where they eventually got, or just something that would like, you needed to offer him something that would move the needle immediately. And that extension that we know that they offered that, which was what 5.5 million, which would still be the highest mm. salary, but also like, well, I, so we should talk about the reporting and maybe some more of this will come out. The number that the Brewers are said to have offered Craig Council is $5.5 million with the expectation that the number that was going to be out there from, from the Mets, possibly from the Guardians, would have been closer to $7 million. So the Brewers' opening offer was $5.5 million. Yeah, would have made him the highest paid manager in baseball. It's a serious offer. But I do think if basically the way it's been reported is well, everyone knew that $7 million was there for him. If you come in at 5.5, you're not being as serious as you need to be. This was not the exercise to go in and be like, yeah, we really want him back. So we're going to make him the highest paid manager in baseball, but not a cent more. We're going to make sure we don't go one cent over that because that would not be financially prudent. That is not how we run our business. You do that. He has offers. I'm going to assume then of that 7 million mark on the table come say October 31st when his contract expires. And then November 1st, the Cubs pick up the phone. They go 8 million. And all of a sudden, you're weighing up not so much the Brewers, who are third to fourth in terms of the best offer you've you've been offered. And they might be saying, oh, you know, we really want you back. Here's how serious we are. I think saying you're serious by putting an offer that may have been his fourth best offer, that doesn't help things, right? Like the fact that they were like, oh, we're going to make you the highest paid manager in baseball. It's like, who gives a shit? So are all these other teams, and they were going to pay more. So... If the number was kind of out there at seven million, the Brewers needed to go and put seven million down if they need to keep him. Yeah, and that that's probably one where instead of as has been reported that his his people did not contact the Brewers over the weekend, there hadn't been contact, and the Brewers didn't really know of his plans. If you're only one million off the Cubs, you know what's easier in terms of you know staying close to where your family live and doing all of that stuff. It would be easier to literally stay where you are. And he probably comes back and says, can we do one more million? And at that point, it's everyone probably goes, yeah, look, we're here anyway. So like I, this is, this is not like the Brewers cheaped out in the way that they often cheap out. They were prepared to go to a place which is like significant, but then all of this is so skewed by how low salaries for managers have been for quite some time and it kind of gets them off the hook to be like we were prepared to pay 5.5 whole million dollars per year yeah and and that's really what a lot of this is about it's just like the gap in pay between a great manager and a bad manager is so much uh lesser than like the gap between a great player and a truly terrible player that's just hanging on to a roster spot and so obviously something needed to happen within the market to shake that up and, and raise the the ceiling of manager salaries. And that that is going to do this. Um, and it feels just like an accumulation of the Brewers being passive with going out and making that godfather offer, we'll call it. Like you said, if they offer $7 million before the, uh, October 31st, are we having this conversation? I don't – no one knows the answer to that, but – I, I say probably pretty likely. I mean, let's talk about council to your point, the stones on him to do this and uh, the sense of vitriol that he has towards either what happened with the front office and not getting something done early. Um, 
or something like that, because let's talk about it. 707 wins, uh, 0.531 winning percentage as a Brewers manager. Grew up in Whitefish Bay, fan of the Brewers. Dad worked in the front Dad office. Dad worked for the Brewers. A... Don't, don't forget that. Yes, yes, yeah, I said that. Uh, uh, he took the job in the front office following his retirement as a player in 2011. Comes manager, most successful manager in franchise history. Uh, going to the Cubs, and not like the Mets or the Astros, feels not like I need to take this next big step in my career, and I need to, you know, be the great labor leader that I am. It also feels like a fuck you, and it but feels like a loud fuck you. It's even, right, so let's just focus in on, like, all of the deeply human things you just described there about his entire journey. The guy has grown up and spent his entire life despising the Chicago Cubs. Like, there's no other way about it. That can't be your journey. You can't go through all of those stages from player to manager, from, you know, son to a father working for the organization, all of it. Like, for... so they have been like you, you and I, we know how we feel about the Cubs, right? Everyone listening, they know how they feel about the Cubs. Craig Council feels a way about the Cubs, surely, for like all of his life. And he's just kind of like, yeah, guess all this money is worth it. I mean, that is that is really something. I knew that I hated David Ross. I didn't realize Craig Council hated David Ross this much because he went in and Joe Pesci and Goodfellas to him. Uh, just like, you know, R- Ross gets called to Wrigley Field in the middle of November. He's like, I wonder what this is about. And they just shoot him in the head. Like, and Craig Council comes in and sits at the desk before they even get the body out of the room. Like, this is brutal, too. That's also a sneakily like it's under the radar and we have said a lot about Dave Ross his management so it's not like we're going to keep him and be like you know the Cubs had a really good manager they should have they should have treated him better but the idea of Craig Council as this great figure like paving a brave new path for MLB managers when he just put Dave Ross in a body bag on his way to this like legendary payday is also kind of crazy like, because we, we haven't talked through the series of events, it, I I said it before we started, it felt like a trade deadline. Like, the way the, the intensity ratcheted up, everyone, we were talking with all of the Brewers listeners in our Discord, everyone's just glued to Twitter, constantly refreshing, push notifications coming in, and you get the jobs falling like dominoes. Guardian's job fills up, and it's like, okay, it's down to Mets and Brewers. Mets' job fills up. You're like, Craig is back. Then immediately, it's like, you know, Craig may not be back. Mystery team in the mix. He may be taking a job with a manager. You and I are like, you immediately, of course, your brain went to the worst possible place. You're like, oh my God, Craig Council. <laughs> it's got to be the next Atlanta manager. Uh, we talk, could it be Could it be the Yankees? Maybe there's, maybe the Phillies could make sense. Maybe things are going to change there with the Red Sox. And everyone's kind of going through all of this and no one was really considering the possibility that he was going to the Chicago Cubs. Like it's it's that whole progression of it too, of all the things that we would have anticipated. It's like in recent days, I don't think we would have seen a scenario where he didn't go to the Brewers, return to the Brewers, or go to the Mets or Guardians, and Guardians as the rank outsider. And if somehow it wasn't one of those, you'd be like, oh well, it must be the Astros or the Padres have gotten the mix. Like th- this was just off the board. And I do think is an interesting wrinkle on, you know, this legendary moment for for managers is that literally, you know, someone else just got canned to make this happen. 
Uh, none of the newsmakers had any inkling that this was going to happen. No clearly, clue. First of all. Uh, and, you know, we've joked about John Heyman being a shill for the Mets and only a shill for the Mets for the last year. And him just coming in like 15 minutes after everybody else reporting stuff was just the perfect chef's kiss to this whole thing. Also had a typo uh, in his tweet about Carlos Mendoza uh, getting the job. So just chef's kiss, 10 out of 10, no notes. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I've never, like you, like you say, tread, tread deadline, where this is for a manager and this is feeling like NBA free agency where, or like you said, the trade deadline, like something that I've never quite experienced in baseball. And uh, yeah, I guess where does that bring us next? Um, Cause like I said, I place a lot of the blame uh, on the Brewers uh, ownership front office, whoever it was that was like putting the numbers out there for not getting something done and just offering him what he deserved to be paid. Um, that being said, you know, Craig Council, best manager in Brewers history, winningest, obviously, best manager in baseball, potentially. I'm going to boo him when I see him in a Cubs uniform. Oh, that's uh, going to be know. booed from now until the end of time, honestly. Like, there is just no alternative. You made your bed. You got to lie in it. Like, he chose to do this. Like, he could have gone to the Mets and said, the Cubs are offering me $8 million, and he's the Mets manager now. I don't believe for a second that that is not the option. He clearly decided this is the one because it allowed him to stay home, you know, the place he loves so dear, Andrew. And, like, I, I just, there's no way. I That, I, I think, is, he's at some point, and this could literally be, like, 20 years from now, at some point he is going to have to talk about the decision-making process in a real way on that. And there's just, it feels like there's no way, like for a lot of people that would sink it, particularly in this, he could have got the money from other places. Honestly, we'll find out. I'm not convinced, but I don't think it's impossible that he could have got it from the Brewers. This was a decision ultimately that was like, well, I get, I get one part. I will say right up. Like, if the second he was a free agent and the Cubs didn't have to deal with the Brewers, if it's like a 1201 scenario and his agent's phone rings, that's like $8 million. Maybe just like, this is what it feels like to be wanted. And we know for everything we bemoan with the Brewers and also for everything we talked about, like with what the appeal of the Mets would be from the same can apply for the Cubs. Like, you're talking a mega franchise who can spend really, really significant money and build a team for him that is unlike anything he's ever had before. The Cubs under recent history, certainly post-World Series, is also evidence that like there's no guarantee in that, right? <laughs> there's no there's no guarantee. And I mean, wider kind of or look around all of baseball further echoes that. Just the name on your chest. And the dollars on the field don't necessarily guarantee your success. But we always said there was a real kind of clear and understandable reason why that might appeal to him. It is the Cubs of it that makes this like truly shocking. It's just that he was prepared to make that decision because it's like, you're right. You mentioned everything he's done. Like that, that means nothing right now, which obviously is dumb on the surface of it. You can't wipe away years of good work, years of good memories. But if you could, this is as close as you can come to doing it. Like, this is 
this is wild. I really, I can't think of too many instances like this. Because I even think just the jump from one franchise to another and the differences between the teams and what they've got on on the field. And you also, like we've talked a lot, look, the Brewers have good stuff coming. But to not only choose, oh, you know, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away to a rival. This is your nearest rival. This is a divisional rival. This is a team that you are going to be battling the Brewers, looking to beat their skulls in, looking to celebrate in the dugout at Anfam in front of not just all these people who, you know, were your people. They are your people. They're the people of your city, of your state. It's wild. So, like, so much of that is just really, really hard to separate from bigger picture legacy stuff. Like, we could talk about that, and that, that lasts, and it lives forever. But he also kind of sets himself up in a way, whoever, and this is a conversation we'll obviously get to, and we'll see how long it takes. We may have plenty for it. Whoever his successor is, this is the easiest possible succession to Craig Council you could have had. His his shoes to fill were like gigantic, borderline impossible. How do you possibly meet that mark? How do you come up to the bar and just be like, I have to follow in Craig Council's footsteps in Milwaukee? It makes it a whole lot easier when Council's like, fuck you, Milwaukee, I'm going to Chicago. Like everyone is immediately in on the new guy coming in and just like humiliating Council and making him a laughing stock for years there aren't too many other scenarios or anything like that could have been in play where council wasn't this specter looming over. He is in a very different way. Like gotta say like something I'm excited for now Cubs Brewers games like that rivalry. We've got something real cooking. The, I mean, the Brewers have to hold up their end of the bargain and hire a good manager and put a good team out on the field so that they remain like very competitive right at the top of the division. Those games, the edge to add to that, as if there wasn't always edge, there wasn't already edge between the two cities, between the two franchises. Like that's exciting as as a prospect to to look forward to. On the surface, the Brewers though have they've lost a great manager, maybe the best manager in the league. It's bad for the team. They didn't necessarily come out and pay what they could have, what they should have to make sure it didn't end up in this spot. They are being done a favor by council as well in terms of him going to Chicago, because what if we started this podcast really focusing on it's him going to Chicago and not really like, oh, the Brewers didn't meet the mark, you know? So I think council's done a lot of favors to the Brewers in kind of creating gigantic distractions here. Um, but this is this is the game the Brewers have been playing. This is the danger you've been dicing with. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, what you say about the next guy is really interesting. Um, uh, and we'll probably do a podcast if this lingers on with candidate ideas. We'll throw out names at a certain point. Obviously, the Discord um, has been throwing out the name. Uh, Carlos Villanueva, who uh, works in the Brewers front office. And uh, I think his title right now is Special Assistant to the General Manager slash Player Development, which Logan tells me was the same exact title that Craig Council had before he was hired. So that's that's the staging ground. But uh, I don't know if they expected uh, that break glass in case of emergency option to be for 2024, probably down the line after another three to five years of council. But that's out the window. So there will be candidates' names hopefully leak soon and We'll get some more insight on that and get to look into what the future of Brewers baseball looks like in the dugout. Um, but that person, like you said, has a real opportunity to become like a club legend and a fan favorite if they take what Craig and David Stearns and Matt Arnold have built and take the prospects that are coming up in the Jackson Chorios, the Jefferson Caros, uh, Jacob Mizrowski, Robert Gasser. If this new wave, this future of Brewers baseball uh, turns into a real winner and accomplishes the ultimate goal of winning a world series that person just instantly kind of, I mean, I think Craig's legacy in that sense would really get appreciated after the fact, but if something mm. like that were to happen, they go, they go on a dime back. I think it, I think it does. I don't know if it does. Up- I don't know if it does. I mean, it gets easier to look back fondly and give him some credit, but that doesn't exactly. necessarily, if this is a team that, I mean, that has failed to get over the hump and they have, and they've honestly, they've looked bad in some of that, like, and, that's never been entirely council's fault. He could have made better decisions along the way. I think everyone would say that, but it's not like he has cost them. But if you get someone who comes in and just it immediately clicks, like I, it's very easy for that to be spun a different way where you're very much not getting the credit either. I, I think that it's an interesting hypothetical, but I'd even add to that let's say whoever comes in, they go up against a Craig Council like Cubs team that's really good and that the Cubs do make a splash and they're good and you beat the Cubs to the division, that's going to be very close to the greatest achievements Council ever had because of the extra feeling and meaning that Council has injected into that. Like... It may not be easy to do, like, because Council's a great manager and they're likely going to spend. But I I think the bar, obviously, like, if someone wins a World Series, it's kind of tough for us to even work out what Council's legacy. Everyone's, everyone's the greatest if you win a World Series. 
particularly with this franchise, has never done it. Everyone's legacy, like Mark Adonazio, Andrew, will be a legend forever if the Brewers win a World Series. There'll be streets in Milwaukee named after the man. That's that's an extreme level of, you know, everyone gets crowned, you know, everyone's everyone's just minted forever. But I think on the more kind of rel- relative level of what does a notable achievement look like for the Brewers? I mean, we only talked on the last podcast, and I confess, I was like, I don't think I, I didn't get or I didn't appreciate or I didn't enjoy winning the division enough last year. Like, that has changed for next year. Not only with me having that realization, winning the division is now like a colossal deal and also could bring with it a kind of energy that does feel something different in a postseason. Like, it's interesting. It it is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that just this also asks so many questions of what this offseason looks like because I feel like we didn't know to begin with and we don't know now. 2024, the real possibility is the team is worse than they were last year, A, because of like an injury to a Woodruff, a trade of Corbin Burns, and um, obviously we know about the issues at the, uh, the corner infield spots and we need some power there. Um, you know, and you don't have counsel in the dugout. The guy that comes in for him could very well be worse. Um, we just don't know until we know who that guy is and sees him manage games and see how he processes decision making and things like that. And manages the clubhouse. What does this do for the personnel moves that they would make in this offseason? We've already seen Mark Canna um, traded for a double A reliever. Um, uh, Canna obviously is a guy I wanted back. I was like, hey, pick up the option, let him DH. I'm fine with that. Um, but I, the thing working against him is he's not an everyday third baseman or an everyday first baseman. You got a left fielder coming up through the system. We expect the DH position to be more of a staging ground for guys getting a day off that are in regular positions. So from a fit standpoint, that was always going to be tough and we knew it from the beginning. So as sad as I am, I processed it rationally. Can what I jump does this in on do? This? Can I just jump yeah. in on that? Because you've hit on a point that I, I was thinking about when that trade happened. I think kind of to me, is not unrelated here. That Marcana trade happened. I was very disappointed. We were both on record. As you said, we really liked him. He was really good for the Brewers. I emailed him Look, the other day. Hasn't gotten you back did yet. email uh, the other day. Bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, maybe he still ends up on the podcast soon. Who knows? I, I was going to reply back to that and be like, now it can be a farewell to Milwaukee. We can talk about food. You can talk right, more bye. freely about food or yeah. anything, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he could talk very freely now. Manager is not even the same. Um, I I get that for his age, for possibly where he is at in his career, for what the option was. Like, he wasn't cheap. Like, we, we go on about this team and their need to spend. That that was asking a lot. If they had done it, I would have been quite happy with it. And I would have said, you know what? Sometimes you just got to do that and you got to make a commitment. And you got to make a commitment to someone who, yeah, might be a bit expensive, might be a little bit older, but you've at least seen them, you know, <laughs> contribute positively to you already rather than gambling on something that hasn't happened at all. And when that deal happened, my disappointment was kind of very quickly greeted. I'm not going to name any names here, but I'm not also, I'm not disparaging anyone by, I think Brewers Twitter just having like, and Brewers like analysts having the most completely rational, reasonable, logical takes about actually 
this is good for the Brewers. And Matt Arnold has just continued to pull off Masterstroke after Masterstroke. He got kind of in a deal that, you know, the Mets paid out basically the rest of that salary. You then get what might be the last kind of the last juice in the lemon that is Mark Hanna's career. And then you flip him again. You get out before you'd have to pay any part of that guarantee. And you get a young pitching prospect. Well, not super young, but a pitching prospect that maybe factors into something. And you save the money and you could spend it elsewhere. And I saw all of that. And I think the case laid out like that is like, it's impossible to dispute. And the thing I started to think about is that is Brewers fans. And I actually think beyond that, like media at large, national media, the perception of the Brewers has so significantly and successfully filtered true of how this franchise is run and how it has to be run, quote unquote, has to be run, that moves like that end up valorized and end up valorized over and over and over again. And that doesn't mean you're really successful. And that doesn't mean that all of those moves aren't going to be right in a vacuum. But it does mean that you can eventually get to a point where something that feels like, honestly, an inevitability, and that, that could be counsel here, where you're a little bit complacent on it because you're so used to, well, look, we're the value people and we know what a number is. And even if we go high, we know we're going high, but it's a good number. It's our number. I'm probably also thinking, look, we're not going to lose them here. But if we do, we're the Brewers. We'll find a great manager at a great price and we'll go again. And everyone will say, look how smart the Brewers are. Look how much they're getting out of so little. How do they do this with this payroll every year? This is part of what I've kind of tried, I feel like, to, to verbalize in the past when we talk about the Brewers being cheap or Mark Adonazio being cheap. And so much of that often comes down to decisions that are made for the roster and free agency decisions and extension decisions and so much of that. And look, we've still got all of that to come. That's only going to pile on. But I just that reaction to the counter trade, which again, I don't think is wrong in a vacuum, but it made me go, this is kind of the reaction every time the Brewers make a deal to some extent. Like you can see this and it can be perfectly logical but the cumulative effect of it, of what it even does organizationally in terms of how they view their operating model and the right they have to operate within that, I think that can be that can be dangerous. And I think it, it might be something that's overlooked until the moment where bang, it's changed. It hasn't gone your way. And now you've lost your manager. Maybe you do have a great new solution, but even in like the short term. Your model is to find value. Some of those guys you might be trying to sign on value deals and free agency are less likely to sign for you now than they were when Craig Council was your manager. Like, simple as. Uh, guys on your roster, how are they going to feel about playing for the organization that just let the best I've manager I've got an update on that. leave and go, oh, don't worry, I've seen those quotes. Uh, we'll <laughs> get we'll get to them. How are they going to feel about the best manager in baseball leaving and you know, crossing state lines to go manage the Cubs. So, like, part of this just, to me, feels like kind of a natural 
I don't want to say endpoint because I don't think we're going to see a change in strategy here, but an actual endpoint in some way to what goes on. You're eventually you you can't sustain this forever, right? It it comes back and it bites you in some way, and this may not be the way that anyone expects, but this could be the most important of all. I think as everyone's been very aware of, as people have talked about nationally, as fans of the team have talked about the value the Brewers were getting out of Craig Council, if you wanted to basically moneyball to some extent what you're doing everywhere else and to talk about your budget is so limited and this is how you have to run a team in Milwaukee, if there's one place you need to possibly overpay, it's for the best manager in baseball because you're tasking someone with, you know, turning water into wine? <laughs> To not, to not put too fine a point on it here. Uh, with that, if you lose that guy and then your roster is, you know, below average and you all of a sudden you're getting below average results and all of a sudden you have below average attendances, like the path to just this all falling apart is... It's there. I don't, I don't think the Brewers are going down that path, but I just think this is... This is something that can happen when there's this wide acceptance of, well, the brewers operate this way and the brewers have to operate this way. And maybe to some extent you believe you're on hype. And I, I do think the brewers have probably had some some tiny inkling of that at least. Um, yeah, I think it's for me, I'm not gonna judge things in a vacuum except for the council thing which i can judge immediately for what it is on its face uh this offseason now presents three roads one road is you blow it up and you trade burns you trade adamas and you get as much as you can um from tradable assets and i should say next summer we will be have one and a half years of arbitration eligibility left on devin williams's contract and what decision they move, uh, make with him, with where he, where they are as a franchise. There, we saw them do it with Hater. Devin's ap- approaching that point in his contract. We might be having unfortunate conversations about that again. So, do they go down that uh, road? That's uh, the one thing I'll learn that is there are levels to this, right? And Devin Williams is incredible. He's the best reliever in baseball. This maybe this is maybe this is an evolution on my part from when the Hater trade happened. Or maybe it's just easier to talk about this in light of, you know, council's gone and you may be making trades across the board. It's like that's that's fine. Like in, in this scenario, I that is not I that is your... not a starting pitcher, right? Or it's not your starting shortstop. It's not like the key cogs of what your team looks like. And if we're in a scenario where it's like, you know, this can is being kicked a couple of years down the road, and it's we're gonna build back not just better but bigger than ever, right? And maybe be more aggressive. And that has to start now. That has to start with a retooling. It's like all sorts of things could end up on the table that we don't see right now. And they got to be listened to. But even that approach has got to come with something from the organization. Like this can't just be, I say from the organization, like this is not Matt Arnold's job. Same as it wasn't David Stern's job. These are the guys who have along with council have pulled off some of the magic to make this whole thing work and in terms of sterns and council now they've got significantly well rewarded 
at major franchises in major markets elsewhere in baseball. Mark Adonazio has to talk about what is the vision for the next phase of the Brewers if we start to see that officially being rolled out this year. Obviously, it is to some extent with a new manager, but if you get a new manager and you get a Corbin Burns trade, like there's a, at least there's a very clear one step back to take two steps forward. And I think you would have to reassure fans. And you know what? You should probably be reassuring policymakers, legislators, the kind of people who are also going to put money into, you know, stadium for this team in state when you've just lost Craig Council, that it would be one step back to take two steps forward as opposed to one step back to hopefully take one forward again. Like, uh, that's that's kind of the thing if you are going to be blowing it up like that. I think they need to they need to lay that out. But as you said, they have probably three paths and just one of them would be blowing it up like that. Well, the only path that would piss me off, which was probably is probably the mo- most likely path, is the middle path where they do kind of things like we see them do a lot of off-seasons, an Andrew McCutcheon type or a Brian Anderson type as uh, the improvement to areas of need on the roster. So I think you either need to go against type and make another big trade, obviously, or surprise your fans by signing a major league level contributor on the free agent market, like a Jamer Candelario um, or something like that. I think the, I I would, I would uh, choke down like medicine, the blow it up path and you're building for the future. Get with your rookies and your guys that are close to knocking on the door and also the influx of prospect talent that you would get in these trades. I would also be pleasantly surprised and happy if Matt Arnold went out there and made another trade I'm not thinking of. If he went out there and signed some of the decent hitters that are on the free agent market, it's obviously very uh, heavy with pitching, and it's not the market that it was last year, but there are guys that could make this team better because if we roll into opening day with Andre Monasterio as a starting third baseman and insert retread player X here at first base. And... Well, you do that, you've got to have traded Corbin Burns, and it's got to be like a clear resign this to, yeah, we are rebuilding, so just, you know, some things are placeholders. Yeah, but I, if they're going to trade Burns and go through that, uh, where they don't actually bring in meaningful major league talent, I think you might as well trade Willie Damas too and get the value there. As sure, much as I, love I agree. Really. Uh, I agree. So, uh, I'm fine walking the tightrope and doing just burns and keeping Willie and also adding. But if it's, you know, if it's the type of uninspiring names running out a lineup card where you're still trying to give me like an 80 to 85 win team. And instead it turns into a 77 win team because the offense is just dreadful. And you've lost a lot of starting pitching as a top end and haven't adequately, adequately replaced it. And I think we'll be more unhappy than if they had blown it up. Look, you've got good prospects. You've got better prospects coming. And if you're doing deals like that, you should be bringing in really good prospects too. Look around baseball. Some of, I think that's, well, one who is undoubtedly one of the best teams in baseball this year. And the other who, I mean, almost went to one at all. If you look at the Orioles and you look at the Diamondbacks, you can make your team very young. <laughs> you could make drastic moves. And it doesn't mean you're you're like setting yourself way, way back. If you're making the right moves and you feel you've got the right prospects. So I am for, I mean, as much as it could make for a painful season, you got the right guys. It could end up not as painful as you think, and someone could take a big jump, and all of a sudden you could be like, oh, my God. Like, the team is kind of as good now. Jackson Churio's up, Tyra Black's looking good, and we've got two to three great prospects in. 
who are like factoring into our major league roster are ready to go from other teams. And all of a sudden you're not too far off where you were to start with, but with a considerably higher ceiling and a longer runway. Like, so I'm all, I'm all for that. And you're forcing yourself or well, you're not forcing, you have been forced. Great council has put you in a spot now where mm-hmm. I think you've got to consider that. And honestly, I think it'd be wild to see, to keep Corbin Burns and have him see out the final year of his contract. I, it would be, I wouldn't have been for it anyway, but if you're going to do that now, it's like, this is, this is time. You can't get a clearer signal than this. This is the reset. Get guys in that they can start from scratch with someone who you feel like is the manager to build your new brewers and go from there. And I, it's it's like, if you don't do it now, when are you ever going to do it? And what is the point of any of this? Like to, to your, to your point of the most frustrating part is the middle part. Now I, that really undersells it here because the middle part is just, it's reckless in this, it's commitment to mediocrity when you don't have the best manager in baseball anymore. And when you have, a starting pitcher that you could still cash in for something that will make you better down the line. Like you're not going to be the team that you could have been most likely next season. So unless, unless there is a big trade and Matt Arnold is going to do something big and bold, unless Mark Adonazio has been, you know, unless he feels belittled, Andrew, unless he feels, you know, shunted by this, and he's like, Craig Council, Chicago Cubs, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go and splash some cash on a free agent. To be clear, I do not think this is going to happen. But if something like that does, then the conversation can change. But if you're going to kind of continue to operate like the Brewers, then it's it's time. It's time to blow it up. It's And the blowing it up, I don't, I don't really like using that term for it because I don't feel like that's accurate. Like, Sal Freelich already has you, you know, started down this road. For all of their flaws, your Bryce Rangs, your Joey Weemers, and how close then Jackson Churio is, how close Tyler Black is, how close Jefferson Cairo is, where you're at with William Contreras and how long he could be a part of your future too. It's like you've got you've Rock got Wilkins twenty twenty five. Abner Uribe, and we're talking bullpen, we're talking Devin Williams, and like what happens there? It's like Mizorowski. You have got a shape on something here. This is not the disastrous, oh, we are going to no man's land, but only if you really commit to it and you do it the right way and you do it with conviction and confidence. There's obviously more in terms of like ownership are going to factor into these decisions, maybe even more than ever now, because there's a full reset. And we're noting like one of the one of the kind of most important voices in the room for the Brewers and all things for quite some time is now gone. And that may even just like reset the dynamics in terms of when Matt Arnold makes his decisions, who he's talking to. It did at times. The Brewers, I think, at least like to frame it as like this kind of three-way conversation that could go on between Adonazio and Matt Arnold and Council. And it's just there's this committee approach. Everyone has the right kind of everyone has the best for the organization. Um like at the forefront of their their heart and mind and all of these deals, like all that's kind of changed. You've got to, you're going to have a new dynamic to work with. I don't know. It's, it's brave kind of scary new times and they have not decided to do this themselves. And they're going to have to scramble to decide, well, what is the vision and what's the next step that could end up being the best thing for them because it could force 
the brewers to be i think a little less brewersy and you could take that either in a spending way or in a just it's time to really reset and build a bolder version of what's next the middle part is tougher than it's ever been i think the optics of the middle part like you don't even have credit council uh, what are what are attendances going to look like if the brewers come back looking like last year's brewers to a lesser version of that no credit council and let's say the Cubs have a big offseason beyond council. I think the Cardinals will probably bounce back to some degree. They could be more aggressive. What are your attendances going to look like? What like that's that's the road that leads to all of this. Everything the Brewers have built slipping away from them. Gotta gotta be bold and you gotta make decisions and make the right ones. Yeah, uh, for one way, or, one way or the other, this has to be an electric shock to the system. It just has to be. And I think that the way you lay it out makes a lot of sense because, A, is this something that pisses Mark off? And it's like, you know what? We want to go out and we want to beat the Cubs. Fuck that. We're, you know, we're not going to get pushed around like that. Or is it like the best manager in baseball is no longer managing my team with admittedly lesser talent than their uh, results should provide and time to kind of like think for the future because next year's a wash anyway. And obviously that's this started with the Woody injury, just putting a whole damper on what we think 2024 can be. So what kind of electric shock is it for Mark Adonazio and Matt Arnold in the front office? Because we'll say it again, we keep saying it, like of all the outcomes that we thought were going to happen, Craig Council making the hour trip to the friendly confines of Wrigley Field to manage your biggest rival, a team that your fans hate, that you hate, that take over the ballpark a lot of the times when uh, they're an AmFam. Like, Again, to stress, a team that Craig Council has like undoubtedly hated all of his life up until about like two hours ago. Yeah, it's, I mean, as much as it's business, it has to feel personal for everyone involved. And that can both uh, influence decision-making in a positive way and a negative way. And I'm just interested to see which which road that travels down. We've gone from talking about Colin Ray coming back on a one-year deal plus an option to Craig Council managing the Cubs. It's been quite a week. If you were off for Bye. 75% more to, uh, to host the Chicago Cubs podcast starting tomorrow, are you doing it, Andrew? Um, no, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, we're obviously, we're talking about Craig Council's lots of money or very big amounts of money. Um, I just, uh, that part of it is still, to me, stunning. Like, just from the personal level, I'm trying to think of, like, teams in sports that just, like, I've hated my whole life. And then just the idea of, I have my dream job had it for years i'm great at it in fact i may be the greatest to ever have done it what will i do next i'll go and manage that team i hate and maybe make them good for a change so that they can beat the crap out of the team that i love like honestly the most interesting thing uh, craig is always like i've talked to this before i found so many things about him just kind of 
off in interesting ways that I, I personally had never been able to figure out. Like, for example, one that always stands out to me is post-game press conferences. He'd be there in his office and reporters would start to ask him a question. I get halfway into the question and he starts answering it every time without fail. I'm like, what is that about? I don't think I've ever seen someone else do that. Like, with the consistency, he does it too. I've just, every time he's like, yeah, I know where this question's going. Like, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to answer it. I've never quite, like, I could... I could interpret that in a whole bunch of ways that wouldn't be too generous to him, but I none of them just seem like, oh, that explains it, or that's exactly what he's doing. It's always just seemed weird. This is wild to me. Like, just in terms of the psyche, in terms of the kind of person who who makes this as their decision, um, I, I find it really surprising. I don't want to pretend like that this, these amounts of money are not relevant or but he didn't go back to the Brewers, it seems like, with the number. Like, the, the gap could have the gap could have been, even if the gap existed, it could have been much lesser. And again, okay, you want to move? You could have gone to New York. I've no doubt you could have gone to New York and got that extra million that maybe wasn't there in their initial offer. That And that's also the next phase of this that we don't know about, and maybe will be buried quite well, because, I mean, the Mets and the Guardians have had to go about and hire their own managers. And they're going to play it as, oh, no, well, you know, we talked to Craig, but we decided this was a better option for us. Did he go back to the Mets with $8 million? I doubt it, because I'm sure Steve Cohen's like, fine. <laughs> like, or was this purely that this offer came in above everyone, and he was like, you know what, I don't have to move. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Did, did he come back to the Brewers based on everything we've heard? Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it. And ba- based you know, on the that... fact, because because you you alluded to some player quotes to start to come in, but also Adam McAlvey tweeted, and this was insane, uh, that Craig Council, this was like 40 minutes, an hour after the news broke, that Craig Council was ringing, calling round Brewers players to you know tell them the news because he wanted to hear from him. Bit late, Craig. Bit, bit late here. Uh, yeah, we'll go through uh, player quotes. One of them needs to be said in my voice, but uh, Brandon Woodruff yeah, sure. uh, elaborated later. But his initial response was "Lord have mercy," uh, which I can what hear did, in what did he elaborate? I, I haven't seen any more. I've got it on the timeline. Let me scroll while I'm looking for it. We also got reaction from William Contreras, which was just a Twitter or a tweet with uh, like the palms on face emoji. So, uh, Bill. Making right. its feeling known in a in a in a way that I feel like uh, represents all of us. Um, I've got the I've got the Corbin one while you keep searching for Woody there. Yeah, uh, go ahead with that. From Adam McAlvey, Corbin Burns' reaction was, "Quote: I think my reaction is the same as everyone in the organization and the fan base. We're just shocked initially." Like McAlvey continued that Burns said he was happy for Council that he raised the bar for other managers. Quote, but on the personal side, it's going to be strange. End quote. Um, I will also say that, you know, the Corbin Burns being happy for counsel that he raised the bar for other managers. That's very, very loaded here. <laughs> that is incredibly loaded. He's happy that, you know, you went and got paid what you're actually deserved by your franchise other than the Brewers. And even with that, and even with everything that's happened to Corbin Burns in the last year, 
Um, yeah, it seems like he's probably not overall trilled and is pretty stunned by it. That that level again of relationships and it just feels like bridge burning. Like that of all the friendship, that seems like kind of a betrayal to your guys. I mean, it's a betrayal to the fans, and I we're talking from that perspective, but we also haven't talked about it in the wider sense. But like that's one thing fans could turn against you. Things go wrong. I I could understand how players or managers could sometimes justify one way or another that you know I can't make my decisions in terms of being beholden to fans. The guys in your clubhouse, the guys who like you've quote unquote gone to war with, the guys that you've been battling the Cubs and been saying God knows what about the Cubs and the troughs at Wrigley Field and. All that sort of stuff for years, and then you're just like, "Yeah, hey, Woody, just let you know, uh, I've decided to become the Cubs manager." Like, I'd love to have heard those conversations because I don't know what guys like could say back to him. It's like, it's got to be just shocked. Like, what, what? How did this come about? Yeah, per Adam McAvey Woodruff. Uh said i'm still processing it too i was not expecting the cubs but when you dig down a little deeper you kind of get it and by dig down a little deeper you kind of get it you mean uh i saw tweets about it being closer to home so he can check it on his family's uh sports careers but i mean you know what's really close to home milwaukee <laughs> yeah for sure i mean that's that is the failing of that um particular argument that logic I, it's not a really true ken rosenthal I, I alluded to it earlier, but I'm going to read through. This is a quote from Barry Meister of Meister Sports Management, Craig Council's agent. Uh, this is a I quote. I subscribe to his was... uh, newsletter. Do you really? No. Okay. I just like that could have been real. Who knows? Um, this is obviously just being provided, like, you know, PR for Ken Rosenthal. This is the kind of stuff I'm used to watching Champs Quote. Having represented Craig Council for almost 30 years and having lived in Chicago all my life, I am thrilled to see Craig embracing a new challenge here in Chicago. Cubs fans are getting a terrific manager and an even better person. Craig has great admiration and respect for the Brewers' ownership, general manager, and fans, and for all of Milwaukee, where he makes his home. He will retain lifelong friends and memories made as part of the Brewer family. He is excited about Chicago and he is happy that multiple teams have begun to embrace the enhanced valuation of the job of major league manager. End quote. Can I speak freely? Go. Fuck off? That's yeah. all. I, I I think this is really disgusting. I I really because this is just not this is not respectful of all of the things that you're talking about him having admiration and respect for, which like I actually were talking about like the balls to make decisions. I, I do think in his head, he probably thinks like this can be okay. I'd say he can have his cake and eat it too. That of course he's got something special with the brewers and that will be special forever. This is not like this can be true. It can be true that, you know, he's excited to be this labor leader you getting out in front of it as his agent and trying to push that front and center in what is the first statement we have seen from council or any representation on his exit on his time with the brewers 
using that as a spin is is horseshit. It is horseshit. That being the thing you're leading with, you should be embarrassed, Craig Council. You should be embarrassed that that man is your representative. It is absolute nonsense because you're trying to reframe that you left the place you were from, the organization that has been your life for their greatest rivals. I understand that outside of Milwaukee and Chicago, and it's worth noting, I've seen plenty of people who are like, what are their actual Cubs like? What if they're just Cubs fans? Like people I follow for other sports or for movies or stuff who are Cubs fans. Blown away by this. Like blown away that this happened. Ecstatic at getting possibly the best manager in baseball, but blown away that this move happened. Like I, I think even Cubs fans will <laughs> be aware that the optics on this are tough. They will love it. Of course they will from their perspective. But it's like it's really tough to kind of just get out in front and be like, I'm going to spin this in a good way. But for this to be the first communication after all of that time, for Barry Meister to be like, God, the news is out there. I've got to get the quote that says how happy I am that my client is in Chicago. I've got to get it to Rosenthal. and I've got to set the agenda here. Um, basically, because let's also not forget this, how great a job I did that I managed to set up this, this groundbreaking deal for baseball managers. Oh, just embarrassing. Craig Council, have a good look and have a good think about the man who's represented you for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, the first communication from the council side of things is via the agent, and it's him going, I don't know if you guys know this, I live in Chicago, and now council's going to manage in Chicago. Pretty fucking sick, am I right? It's like, oh my god. Uh, and this is going to come in the days following, and it's going to be too late when it happens. Uh, I think Craig owed the fans in Milwaukee the first statement being from himself and not his I, agent. Maybe he I honestly and... thought, Andrew, I thought all along, no matter how this went, that it was possible like this would be broken with a press conference, like a Brewer's press conference. First and foremost that he's leaving because he could have done that too i mean i mean word leaks out here but two things can happen you can decide okay i am i've got that offer i'm going to take that that means i'm going to move on from the brewers first things first i'm going to contact the brewers and say i will not be returning as manager i want to release a statement to the fans i want to hold a press conference whatever it is i want them to hear from me that i am leaving i want them to hear from me what my time here meant to me and I want to set the table for what's next. And you can do that. And then you finish that up and you can go and hold your press conference with the Cubs or you can go and release a statement. And I am going to do this because this is not something like this was all in his own hands. Um, I understand the one complicating factor in that, which again, right here, I'm looking again at Barry Meister's <laughs> statement. Doesn't say anything about David Ross. I don't know who his agent is. So that's the one complicating factor in this is that, you know, enhanced valuation of the job of major league manager is Craig. Is he flowing some cash David Ross's way? I don't know. Um, but the opportunity because of the being out of contract, the actually being a free agent, we've talked about all of the autonomy this gave council. Part of that was empowering him to like do this the right way. And it turned into, I described it in our discord at the time. Everyone's in agreement. It's like, it became unnecessarily dramatic. We were talking about it like a trade deadline thing. It's because it was pure chaos. 
It's like I low key loved it. Oh, it was it was fun. I mean, a better outcome would have been nice, but like the Brewers being the center of the baseball world for that ninety minutes, Andrew, one way or another, it was novel, right? It's something that we don't get to experience every day. Probably won't for a long time. Regarding David Ross, Craig Council says, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, just got that <laughs> coming through the wire. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say one thing is well, they can take, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot and, uh, my mind immediately went to this specific worry beyond Craig Council being gone. And, uh, they can take, Chris Hook over my cold dead body. Mm. He he goes nowhere. Yeah, you can have Pat Murphy. That's fine. But uh, yeah, I I really hope that he does not follow Craig to Chicago. I, sure I think uh, someone someone in the Discord said he's got a year on his contract though, so that might not be up to him. Cubs can Cubs could buy that out, or they could try to, unless the Brewers really want to dig their heels in and have you know. I think they should get coach. A pe- a pitching coach as unhappy as uh, their starting pitcher was last year. Maybe, I, I think right? they should get petty as hell. Uh, no, you go, go not coach for a year or you're the Brewers pitching coach. That's what I say. You want them to David Sternsum is what you're saying. Yeah, that's fine. You can be a consultant, uh, but you're not going to Chicago immediately. But I don't know if that I thought it was someone said that Hogue said uh, that was the deal with his contract, but I'm not entirely sure. But obviously, like you, my expectation is that we see him wearing uh blue pinstripes next year are there pinstripes blue i don't know i've never taken a close look oh i red okay yeah that sounds right yeah yeah, yeah. the red um it's one of those things that seems really obvious until you ask the question and now i'm second guessing myself what color what color are the pinstripes um, ugly i i just think Again, this is a misfortune, and we could have had this with the Mets, and we kind of did have it with the Mets. It's why the Mets became the central part of this story. It was because David Stearns went there, and it was like, is David Stearns just going to bring everyone with him? Because you know what? He can afford to do that. It's probably going to happen. The pinstripes appear to be blue. Um, Wow. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, I mean, as much as I like the guy and appreciate everything he did and recognize, like, he's the best manager in baseball, I just really hate the uh, Cubs, like, ten times as much now. Like, next time we're in Wrigley, like, I just might piss on someone's shoes at the trough and, like, just to feel something. Like, I... I just hate them so much uh, on a Yankees podcast at the beginning of the year um, that I guessed it on. Uh, 
Bronx Pinstripes, I should say the name. Um, they asked me, you know, who I hated more, the Cubs or the Cardinals. And obviously, due to the newness of my fandom, I was like, well, you know, uh, I made it a, a bit of mine that I hate on the Cubs all season and like yell about Cubs fans. But like, if I had to boil it down, uh, Cardinals devil magic, even beyond being a Brewers fan, like those years just made me hate them in general. And until the Cardinals are relevant again, which very well may be in 2024, like mm-hmm. it's fuck the Cubs forever. It's like, I want to see you fly the AL so much. I hope Craig Council gets fired after two seasons. Sorry, but that's where I'm at. I, I just, I don't think it's a conversation right now. I mean, like that's something that can, it can shift back and forth over time. It will shift back and forth over time. Cubs are it. Cubs are most hated. It's like undeniable. I also like what I will say here is I, I hate the Cubs more, but I hate them because of Council deciding to go there. I, yeah. I Cubs played this unbelievably well. Like tip tip your hat to an organization who absolutely nailed this. Taylor Ross was kind of a joke, and we said there's no way he should have kept his job. They also, I guess, not the most straightforward, not the the most um upfront way of doing business but they weren't just going to can them and be like well we don't have a plan for this they very clearly had a plan and they were like well if Craig Council gets there we can come in and then we can deal with Ross and we don't care about him we'll do whatever we have to do there but if we can go and get this guy this is what we're going to do and they did it and that might be part one of a grand plan that could have you know similar approach of players where they've just got name circled and they're like well this is it this year we're going and getting those players we're not having another season that ends like last year did. Like, I hate them. I hate their guts. I hit my hat. They did what they wanted to do here, what they came to do, and they're going to be a better baseball team as a result. Not set in stone, can still backfire, but I don't, like, shoe on the other foot here? We would love this. We uh, There would be nothing better. I Honestly, I can't think of a better scenario. Um, Adam, don't worry, Cody Craig Bellinger Council... is going to be first base next year. Well, it doesn't, that doesn't do it for me. It's not enough. Uh, well, you know, Craig Council coming back to the Brewers with the, you know, say when Jackson Churio really hits and the Cubs feel like they're on the precipice of something fine, and Council's like, actually, no, I'm going back to the Brewers now. Maybe that's that's the only way that uh, we could experience a flip side of this. But even would that, would that make us feel anything at this point? Probably not. He's... He's dead. He's gone. This the sports hate. I want to make it clear. It's sports hate. I hope yeah. he has a perfectly fine personal life, and you know, he gets to watch a lot of oh, great Big Ten baseball. Like and his we just don't care about that. It's, it's never been a part of anything we talk about with him, but it, it isn't now either. Like it's you're right, and that I get why you're saying that, but also, I just want like, people to know I'm not a monster. We don't. <laughs> yeah, but we don't. We we don't, and we never have judged him on that. And it's like we've always said, okay, if if he decided he's not managing, he's going to watch his son play baseball. It's like, cool, we get that. He made a very different decision. Different indeed. Um, yeah, I hope uh, I hope the Cubs lose as many games as possible. I hope whatever they try and do in the offseason blows up in their face. Um, and I hope I get to piss on someone's shoes. I mean... I, I say all this wholeheartedly. Um, side note, uh, I got my winter warm-up ticket, uh, so I'll uh, 
I'll be you going to that. that? Uh, I feel great about it. A new manager, whoever this guy is, whoever this guy is, Adam, I'm just going to like, until he proves otherwise, I'm just going to st- kiss him babies. Yeah. I'm just going to stand him for no reason, no matter who it is. Oh, um, don't be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I, I Don't commit like that. I see, um, I see Zach Meisel, the Athletic, and the Athletic's Guardians writer, it seems like. Um, he is reporting the Guardians called Stephen Vogt on Friday to offer him the job. He stopped shoveling horse manure and accepted their offer. So, I mean, Guardians moved a different way on Friday. So, I mean, these are going to be the it's interesting weird. things of when we hear the Mets and all of these and... I guess then we maybe learn even more about to what extent the Brewers were left on the outside. And when I say left on the outside, that is on Council's part, but it's also possibly of their own creation from their opening offer. It's weird that Council's agent led with horse shit, and then you get this story about uh, vote literally shoveling horse shit. Uh, so it's nice how that kind of comes full circle. I guess something of note that would have been... Uh, what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast this you week. Got a news and uh, note? Is that oh, had, had this not happened? Yeah. Uh Brewers had some promotions in the front office with Will Hudgens, Matt Klein, Carl Mueller promoted to the title of assistant general manager, former Phillies GM Matt Clintech, now executive advisor to the general manager. Uh we've got uh, some other ones here, but someone replied to Adam McCalvey in this threads and I'll have to scroll up, which is, you know, annoying. Um but uh, where is it? Where is it? Um, well, I, I can get the, the I guess, the promotions within the organization, which may, may honestly, these promotions may not be done yet. This could be like record-breaking one promotion to another. But Kurt Hogue reported that the Brewers announced Ricky Weeks, Taylor Green, and Carlton yeah. Leva will take on expanded roles within the org. All three are former players who become highly regarded within the front office, part of a series of promotions across the front office. As we said... It's something that is not kind of uh, out of the question at all. That someone like Carlos Villanueva could be the next Brewers manager. So, you know, we could just the promotions could keep coming. Um, yeah, that's uh... Ricky Weeks would certainly be a name that at least would like placate in the surface level. People are like, oh, Ricky Weeks. Interesting times lie ahead, Andrew. You know, they always have the old like cliche, and I guess it's a cliche because it's often true, but catchers becoming managers, Stephen Vote, a good example. What's Jonathan Lucroy up to, up to these days? Is he available? I don't know. Um, didn't, didn't he take a role with the Brewers after he was honored? Wasn't there some sort of. I feel uh... like. And that sounds like, like something a, that could be not true. not a really kind of concrete, not a major, but even if it was like something in a scouting capacity or like it felt like he might have dipped his toe in those waters. If I'm wrong on that or, or if I'm right and someone can actually remember what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm Googling Jonathan Lucroy a... hired uh, and we're going to see what that does. Uh, I think hired might even be overstating how it's reported, but that's in my head for some reason. So. If someone's got something on that, well... Today, and this was September 28th, 2022. The Milwaukee Brewers today announced that former Brewers catcher and recent Wall of Honor inductee, Jonathan Lucroy, has entered into a personal service agreement with the club. The all-star receiver will report, uh, support a variety of business initiatives for the players, plus serve part-time in an instructional role with the team's minor league players. So that was uh, then 2022. 
And you still in, in that role? I don't in know. In March, in March of 2023, Luke Roy arrived at spring training and spent several weeks with players on both the minor league and major league side uh, working with catchers in the development. So I would say a guy like uh, Villanueva would have the inside track based on sure, his role. Sure, 100%. Uh, but, you know, I had to throw the catcher cliche out there because, you know, as an old grizzled baseball man that I am, Adam, um, I had to do that. Uh, some of the retread names aren't particularly exciting. I know the risk of hiring a first-year manager, but um, a lot of times you probably want a guy with experience in making those tactical in-game decisions and managing a clubhouse. But someone like a Joe Madden or a Buck Showalter uh, would drive me crazy. And to your point, off pod, it would go against kind of how they make these business decisions when it comes to players and matters of that nature. So I, I would anticipate the hire being someone that's like fresh-faced and potentially even have it be their first managerial job there's also an interesting element of like we've talked about the potential evolution of what the brewers front office is like under arnold versus stearns and maybe something more of like an old school baseball balance being added into the mix it doesn't feel just as kind of cut and dry all analytics as it once was which is also interesting on this front, because if it was still Stearns' front office, you could be looking for a different profile of a manager than potentially Arnold will now. I mean, I, I think Arnold just wants like someone who's very much best of the both worlds. It seems to be how he will, who will listen to analytics, who will have a good eye and have good knowledge of the game and kind of marry it together. In part, like that's what Council was. Council was open to all sides of the equation. Interesting, I'll see if, I, if that factors in in any way too, because... I mean, there will be room for them to go for different profiles of managers. I, I just think the older, I, I don't think that is likely. There could be exceptions, I'm sure you could bring up for sure, but to mesh with their baseball philosophies over the last, you know, significant period of time, also it's going to be more expensive than just getting someone first time. And I, I well, maybe they're open to that. Maybe they don't want to go for the cheapest option because, you know, the optics of that will be bad, Andrew. Uh, I if don't Council know. had done this in, say, the end of the 2021 season after the Division Series flameout against the Braves, and you've got the, like, three aces and running back a team to a degree, I could see them taking the Rangers' approach and like, like they did grabbing Bochy when they knew they were ready to win. But to your point earlier offline and just, like, what we've talked about for the last hour or so is that the franchise not being in that position kind of... As it make it makes sense to go with that younger, fresher approach, and see if you can find a guy who is the next nearly decade long manager for your team, and can grow and learn with this young crop of prospects, and and go about it that way. And what that profile looks like, to your point, is probably someone that does split the middle there, where they're good communicators, probably an ex-player for a number of years and can communicate up towards the front office and the analytics department and also communicate that back to the players and communicate in a very real day in and day out sense about just the ins and outs of being a major league baseball player. I think that's the ideal profile for any kind of baseball manager and who fits that description. I, I think we just, we don't know right now. Like if you had to ask me to name one name, and, and this is who's going to be the manager uh, based on, you know, the chatter from Twitter and the discord Villanueva is the only one that's coming to the forefront, but also like 
do I have anything that I've heard that roots that in something that I think is a certainty? No, by no means at all. I think, um, I think they need to move quickly because other teams are moving quickly, but like it, it could also be a surprising game that we didn't see coming. I'm inclined to agree with you on it being internal though, because of what we're, we're laying out in that they may already have missed out on, I think at least one person who could have been a logical candidate to be in the mix. Is Chris Hook a managerial candidate? I'll be one way to keep him. Yeah, I mean that doesn't that doesn't preclude him from working with pitchers and like keeping that going. If you promote him to the the big chair, he's watched one of the best to do it do it for years now. I I don't know if that's crazy, but that's something that just entered my mind right now. I mean the other the other side of it too, why I think it's more likely to be internal is because of the Astros and the Padres looming. So. <laughs> When it comes to taking the pick of what's the best that's out there, there are teams out there who are going to spend so much more than you're going to be prepared to. Because I think that's also, I mean, the Brewers don't fix this by going and spending $6 million on some other manager who isn't Craig Council, right? Yeah, that's that's not the solution here. I We can, like, we can criticize them and beat up on them for their lack of spending or how they choose and when they choose to spend money. The solution isn't, oh, we blew that, we didn't spend, so let's spend what we were going to spend on Craig Council on someone else. Go and get the best manager that fits what you're doing in a brewer's way, but make sure that your overall plan is clear and you're going to commit to it in the right way. Like, I, I don't have a problem with going first-time manager, we're trying to build something up, but you gotta you gotta follow through with that in every other way. I won't be like, God, they've hired the cheap option as manager. Like that that whole ship has just kind of sailed. You've just gotta now get the right manager for what your strategy is. And that is what's most important. And that being clear, and I do think, and look, I always call for it's people who listen to like winning six over the years. I've heard me in GSP and crossovers, I've heard a similar thing. I'm forever calling on organizations to just communicate better with their fans. I understand the elements and the lines that are very clearly drawn for where teams won't, for what's proprietary, for what's actually competitive advantage and what isn't. There are times where you owe your fans clear communication and an idea of what is the roadmap and what are we buying into here. Losing Craig Council, potentially trading Corbin Burns with Brandon Woodruff out, and when you are begging for money with your handout for your stadium and one of your top executives is making an absolute fool of himself and looking like an asshole to everyone in the process doing that, that is a time where I think you owe your fans, you owe the people who spend their hard-earned money on going to your games, on buying food at your concessions, on going to your brewer's store, buying jerseys, the people who keep the whole show on the road, you owe them something. You owe them at least a clear part of what is next because this is a crucial time of change and it can't be just like fobbed off as, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna find, we're gonna pick up like as we need to. Like they need to be trying to find the next great manager, right? It's like the last great council, we need to find the next great council. That cannot be what you bet on though. You can't bet on that in terms of whoever comes in has to deliver results that are in line with being the next Craig Council. You set out and you look and you go through your process and you feel confident that that's what you're getting. 
but then the rest of it is on you and it's on your strategy and it's on what you talk about with that manager it's on what you talk about with your gm and how everyone owner executives front office manager players all puts together now like it's it's a new day it's a new day that could be great it this could be the thing that makes the brewers right it doesn't feel like it now they've lost the best manager in baseball if things go right and you you know end up committing to a bunch of decisions that like go your way you end up with the the prospects that pan out way beyond what anyone thinks in a Corbin Burns trade or a Willie Adams trade and all of a sudden you're just the most kind of stacked team in all of baseball within like three years we could look back at this and be like well Craig Council leaving actually forced their hand into some things that set the Brewers on the path they needed to be on there is another way we could end up looking at it too and that is so much more disastrous I, I mean that with the questions hanging over the stadium and everything, it's like if you if they really made a mess of this, if they really do this wrong, and if just things don't go their way in a whole variety of different departments of their business, this could be catastrophic. So you really are, you know, they're at a, a fork in the road. And I just think clear decisions, most important of all, decisions that have conviction, that have like good sound reason behind them that whether we like how they got there whether we like that they're in that spot that we can look at it and be like well this is the direction now and we judge them based on how that direction unfolds from here essential without that this will be the end of an era not just in oh Craig Council era but as in oh well the Brewers being this ever present this team that's competitive close to playoffs every year that we're hoping one of these years will win a World Series the, the reality would be much grimmer than that if they don't get this right Sorry, that's Rick Schlesinger. He's at my door with a Salvation Army bell. Uh, not now, Rick. We're recording the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm. You know, we didn't talk about Jimmy Hoff on the last podcast, Adam. And no, I think that's it's right, a, we didn't. It's important that we do. Could Could Jimmy uh, Hoff be the next manager? Jimmy Hoff was ghost. It's just like I'm just more concerned that I get Jimmy Hoff when I'm in Milwaukee next for just all the mean <laughs> things I've said. Um, I get the winter warm up. I go to the bathroom and I don't come out. And you guys are having to ask uh, ask questions. Listen, no, I was going to make a joke, but that's a joke that maybe legally isn't a good idea. Um, listen, people can ask me off air. People can slide in my DMs if they want that. I'll tell you momentarily, Andrew. But I can see the bigger picture here. Pieces pieces are being put together in my brain i i might know how we got to where we got to today that's all i'm gonna say uh to wrap up i'll say just like crazy day like crazy uh, day. nothing we saw coming it was fun it was a gut punch it was awful and now i think it has energized us to you know see what the future holds react to it in real time uh, free agency opens in I think 40 minutes trades may be coming fast and furious the GM meetings are this week Brewers are in need of a new manager and uh, there's going to be a wealth of things for us to talk about over the next few months Adam and I always say that you know we could talk for an hour and a half about absolutely nothing and get some kind of conversation going and right now it's it's no trouble at all because they're giving us plenty of things to talk about. Hope that continues. Hope we get 
excited and surprised by moves that are made, excited and surprised by whoever gets that seat on the dugout bench as the next Brewers manager. Uh, hate of the Cubs strengthened. Love of the city of Milwaukee and all the fellow fans, all the fellow listeners strengthened. Excited to be back in January and then again in the spring. Uh, ready, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Off-season A, reporting for duty. Yeah, we certainly have lots of exciting, interesting stuff to talk about in the months ahead. So to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe where we get your podcast. That's Cruising for Bruising. We'll have more manager content, I guess, to come probably later in the week. We'll see how things go. Maybe the Brewers act so fast and we're blindsided by this and we'll, we'll be reacting to a new manager before we get to really consider who that could be. Um, But best way to make sure you don't miss if we whatever that is if it's a new manager hire or if it's talking about who that could be subscribe cruising for a bruising you'll get every episode we do throughout the off season and back into the season itself when we eventually get back there you should also check out the rest of the gspn shows eurostep podcast network main feed home to all things milwaukee books that's eurostep with tywin shimron Cody. And also, winning six, myself and Jordan Tresky. We've got Talk of the Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. Numak and Jordan Tresky have you covered. Uh, they had the fun opportunity to talk about a Packers win in their most recent episode. So if you haven't checked that out yet, I recommend doing so because it's not a guarantee every week that you get to hear the guys live it up and enjoy a Packers win. So make sure. You hear all their thoughts and bask in at least some of the brief sunshine of that in this tough package season. And if you're interested in movies, pop culture, all that kind of stuff, you can hear more from myself and Andrew on Make Time for This. Uh, most recently, we've talked about Killers of the Flower Moon. We've done an episode on our personal Martin Scorsese top tens. And next, either late this week, early next week, you will hear... Let's talk about the films of David Fincher and his latest, The Killer. That does it. That's everything. Uh, thank you, and also no thank you to Craig Council. It's It's been a time, and it's certainly been an interesting way to bring an end to that time. Massive thank you to all of you for listening. And also to you, Andrew. Big thank you. Thank you, Adam. <laughs>